Are you ready for this? Sean Merriman, a one-hand sack. Boom, boom, boom. Out go the lights. This is Lights Out with Sean Merriman. What's up, guys? We're back with another Lights Out podcast with me, Sean Merriman. And uh, we bring on today one of my former competitors. One of my favorite guys, but one of my former competitors. Um, and just an all-around solid dude. One of my favorite guys, man, Brandon Marshall. Uh, just talking about our days when I was at the Chargers and he were, was playing with the Denver Broncos and our epic battles, man, that we used to have. Um, and the the back and forth talking with Jay Cutler and Philip Rivers, we get into. Uh, we talk about uh, just mental health. We get back into that. He's always been a huge advocate of, of that. Um, also, you know, just you know, the transition from football or sports in general, getting into your next thing. I I tell a lot of guys when when you retire, it's it's the, the hardest thing is finding something to do right away, not having a downtime. Whatever you you love, whatever your passion is, get into it right away, um, because that dead space is is the worst space you can be in. Because we're used to competing, we're used to going at it every day, working out. Brandon also has uh, a outstanding uh, gym and whole you know supplement line and everything he's uh, he's building. His branding is immaculate with House of Athlete. Uh, I still got to get out there to work out. It's going to be in New York. It opens up I think beginning of twenty twenty one. Um, so look, you know, I'm bringing on Brandon, but man, he has a bunch of things for us to go over. Also, could he be competing in combat sports? You know, I also, I said that it's going to be a ton of former athletes, whether it's NFL, NBA or rugby, hockey, that's going to be transitioning from their uh, respective sport into combat sports. You know, these guys who are done in four or five years and played, had a short career, maybe injury, maybe, you know, this is the way the games go. And they still want to get after it. They still want to compete. So is Brandon Marshall going to be entering the world of combat sports? You know, I've been a big fan. I've been been training uh, uh, MMA and, and boxing and Muay Thai and uh, just recently got into jiu-jitsu over the last six months. And I think it's a, a discipline that we all can find a way to get into. So bringing in my boy, Brandon Marshall. Yeah, I mean, this is freaking like it's freaking. I hope hopefully we're rolling right now. The, the interview should the, this whole podcast should have started already. Has it started? Yeah, we are. We freaking, are. Freak, freaking lights out, and he has a damn plastic backdrop. Damn lights out. The, the, <laughs> the guy that has the, the probably the number one celebration in all of sports. Just a monster. <laughs> I hated going against you. It was like we, we knew we didn't have a chance in Denver. Like we knew. Like going into the game, we had one second to throw the ball. Halfway in my route, five yards down the field, all you hear is the crowd going, ah, and I'm looking back, seeing Jay Cutler just getting smashed and flipped, and you got a freaking plastic backdrop. Yeah, they killed me. I got a two-by-two two back here. They smashed me uh, when I had to do it from home. <laughs> but you know you know the funny part? The funny part about coming down and playing y'all when you were at Denver is uh, when Jay Cutler that was down in Phillip, him and Phillip Rivers – used to get in it so much. So like that was that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen because they they would stand in the middle of the field and I'm like somebody's gonna throw a punch. Yeah like, this is getting crazy. Yeah, yeah. But the the best part about it though, lights, is they would actually be on the sideline 50 something yards apart arguing and fighting. I remember uh what we played you guys Sunday night football, Monday night football 
and uh, yep. and they did a great job of covering it. And all you see is you know a camera in Phillips' face, camera camera in Jay's face, and those two just yelling at each other across the field. Unbelievable. Yeah, not those are some great times, man. Um, and I and I'll never forget too looking during the game. I was looking down the field and I saw this big ass dude standing there, six foot four plus. And I'm like, hold on, yo, you look like mega, like like some <laughs> damn superhero on the field. And I think you just completed an out or something like that out pattern and just stiffed on the hell out of one of our guys, one of my one of my teammates, uh, Quentin Jammer. Quentin Jammer, yeah. I, I want to get, yeah, uh, Quentin Jammer. And you guys had some crazy ass battles, some epic battles back and yep, forth. Yeah, uh, and and I'm like I'm gonna get into into that too because he um we had he was my first guest. Yeah, on um on, on for the Lights Out podcast, and one of the things we were talking about, man, that I, that I didn't know with with Quentin and me and Quentin, Quentin was tight. You know, we talked all the time, and even after I retired, uh, you know, I would just and he retired, I would just call in, do the, you know, do the random checkups. How you doing, bro? Everything yep. good and stuff like that. So to me, everything was always good. And one of the things I just found out doing the podcast with him probably about a year ago is he was going through his own mental health stuff and dealing with a whole lot oh, after he man. got done playing. And are I you had, serious? Bro, I just I got no goosebumps, idea. man. Man, I had you know because we all we all man we got this thing like we we tough we're not we we don't complain we don't make excuses we find a way and we get through everything and I'm always and I talk to Jam all the time I hit him up and I he he never said anything he never brought anything up and he talked about you know contemplating at one point taking his life no bro um you know a few years back and I was like man you know what I'm I'm so glad. I check up on guys and then I stay in contact with guys because you just you never know. Man, bro, I just got goosebumps thinking about that. And and, it, and I'm gonna be honest with you, it just and I feel guilty because I don't think I do a good enough job of checking up on my guys. Like I have my guys, right? You know, the Elvis Doomerville yeah. of the world, even Jay Cutler. There's just a few guys that I reach out to and I stay connected. Ryan Clady. Um, so but when I think about outside of that circle, I don't do a good job of checking up on my ex-teammates. And here I am. I'm this guy that, you know, I, I you know, I champion mental health. I talk about it every day. And so, you know, that that's that's inspiring to me, man. And, and you know, just hearing you talk about that and, you know, and, and tell Jam's story because there's so many people suffering. And, and just a phone call can, can help somebody. It can save somebody's life. And it sounds you know, far fetched, but it, it is true, man. Yeah, and, and you know, I made a I made a point, um, and one of the things we talked about is Junior Seau, you know, and his passing and him uh going through what he went through and taking his own life. That after that, that was like the thing that where I started checking up on everybody I could. Every if I had your number, you know, maybe once every few months, I would just shooting you a text. Yo, dog, everything good? How's the fam? You know, it, you do that. You do that to me. Yeah. You, 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 you're the reason why I mean, why we still, why we have a relationship, you know, like we competed against each other. We saw each other at Super Bowls. We saw each other at events. And I just thought it was amazing. Like, dang, I checked my, my, my messages and it's like, man, lights just hit me up just to say, what's up? You know? So I didn't know that was a real intentional thing. I just thought you was a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you, you know, I am. Don't get, you know, it's not like I'm just... <laughs> You know, it's a specific reason. No, but you know, I, I always feel like there's a need to to check up on guys, man. And and you know, sometime somebody gonna tell you everything. All right, everything all good. And there's another time 
you know, somebody might open up to you and say something. So that one time somebody, you know, you might be looking out and, and could change the course and actions. And um, it's it, it's so important, man, especially when you get done. Like I, I tell anybody, yeah. I was talking to Antonio Gates. This was right when he was retiring and about to retire anyway. He, I was like, he wanted, he wants to get into doing radio and doing broadcasts and stuff like that. I'll, I'll get into everything you got going on too. And I was like, man, you know, um, the the best thing to do to do as soon as you're done is start rolling into something else. Like that that blank space so that true. you have, whether it's that year or two. I said, no, don't don't take no time off, man. Don't sit around for a year and try to figure it out. Get right into that next thing, man. I think you jump you jump right into Bro. something else. Yeah. So. 2009 December 2019 um I had an opportunity to play for the Saints I had a cup of tea my last stop and I was there for a month um after practice one day coach Peyton comes in the in the receiver room he asked for me say hey Brandon let me talk to you pulls me out in the hallway and literally got right to it and he's like hey we're gonna let you go this kid came available on the waiver wire. We didn't think we were going to get him. We put in a claim. We got to make space. We're going to let you go. We're going to try to get you back. Anyways, that that was the last that was the last time I stepped foot in any NFL locker room, or any NFL uh, building, and that was it for me. And I was preparing for that moment. Lights in 2015, I put together this plan to do exactly what you said to roll into the next thing, television. I had my facility already open. I was rolling. And I said, okay, I'm going to be prepared for this moment because it won't be me. And literally for four, four days, man, I laid in bed. I didn't get out of bed. My wife and kids were still in Seattle because I started the season there in, in, in Seattle playing for the Seahawks. Cut, went to the Saints. So my wife and kids are there. And they're on their way down. They're, they're getting ready to come spend the holidays in New Orleans. And for four days after Coach Payton told me that they were letting me go, I laid in bed. I didn't take a shower. I didn't even – I think I may have gotten up to just get some water. And it wasn't like I was depressed. I just had this out-of-body experience where I was like, this is what they're talking about when it's over. You know, we, we hear about these stories all the time, how our guys are suffering, how our guys – you know, even the, 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 the horror stories like Junior Seau, where they complete suicide. And I just remember thinking like, wow, I prepared for this moment and I'm still not prepared. And the only thing that got me out of bed was me having to go to the airport to pick up my, my kids and my wife. Um, and then obviously having them there, you know, I was able to snap out of it. But I just thought it was a out-of-body experience. And if it wasn't for House of Athlete, bro, I'm telling you, I would be hurting right now, just like a lot of our guys. But this has been a huge distraction for me because I'm super in love with what I'm doing. I'm passionate. To me, it is mental health. It's what I try to do on my nonprofit side. So you are so right, man. You got to jump into something right away, something that's going to, you know, you know, distract you, take your mind off of things or something that you just love. No, and you, you hit it right on the head, man. Um, and I and I'm gonna ask a couple of things about house and athlete because I still gotta get my ass out there and I, I still I spend a lot of time on the East Coast. <laughs> um, but you know, when the pandemic hit, I didn't you know, we talk about depression and all that stuff and talking about going through it. I never really and I've gone through a ton of I've been through it, man, but I never went through this where the gyms were shut down, 
Um, there was no outlet. I'm sitting around like waiting, waiting to find out what's going to happen. Cause working out for me was, and people ask all the day, "Oh, what are you training for? Are you going to fight?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I, I pro- maybe. You know, it's it's a possibility yeah, that I might go yeah. take a fight in my league and lights out. Ex- you know, extreme fighting. Yeah, I could. I can fight. You know, give me three to four months to go train, and I can go take a fight. But more importantly, this is my therapy. This is what gets me yeah. through my days and keeps me balanced. And so when I see you over there building House of Athlete, man, I'm like. You know, I, it, it's all kind of things run through my head. I'm like getting ideas, watching, you know, not only the the workout part of it in the facility, but the the products, right? The so different supplements you build with House mm-hmm. of Athlete, and just talk about man how how that whole branding is for you and what you've done in this in, you know, in this last year or so with it, bro. I mean, you you literally just hit everything that uh, we try to be and who we are. I, I realized that <clears throat> it's just almost impossible to end the stigma around mental health. Where we are today in the mental health world is where the cancer community was 40 years ago. This this highly stigmatized, taboo topic. Now we are having these discussions. It is at the forefront of our a lot of our discussions in the in media and at home. So we've 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 made a lot of headway. But what I realized is it's easier to have that conversation around how are you mentally, how are you doing when you when you talk about wellness instead of impairment. So there's two sides of the spectrum, impairment and performance. So on a nonprofit side with a lot of people uh, work over here and they're like, we got to do some work here because it's a serious uh, issue. It's a, it's, a, it's a pandemic, it's an epidemic here in our country and the world. But when you come on this side and say, look, let's just get in shape, let's cut our body fat in half, let's get our BMI in check, you know, let, let's see if our, where our cholesterol is at. And then you start the conversation of wellness, of lifestyle. You know, how are you mentally? That's 80% of sport. That's 80% of, 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 uh, of life. Then it's easier for people to open up and talk. So that's what House of Athlete is. It's like, you know, the five things that we believe will help you unlock your full potential and be your best self is one, we all got to train. It's not a fad. It's not a trend, but we were built to move. We need to train every single day because of what happens in our body when we do move and we sweat, okay? The hormones that are released, it's just scientific. It's, it's scientifically proven that when we move and when we work out, we feel better. The second thing is fuel. Do we understand how to track our macronutrients? Ideally, we want to get all of our macronutrients through food, but it's impossible. So that's where the products come in at. And that's why supplementing is so crucial. The third is being mentally fit. As a pro athlete, we know how to approach, a lot of us know how to approach both ends of the spectrum. We know one day we could be hanging from the rafters because we win. The next day we could lose the game by dropping a ball or missing that shot and having our head down and dealing with the media. So you got to have a plan for both. The fourth is recover. Like if you're hurt and banged up, you know, it, life could be hell. So we got to understand what that is. And the fifth thing is tribe community. Like us, the, the thing that helped us out is the people around us. We didn't get to where we were not having a team of people that we do life with. And, and what I realized um, in building this is, you know, when a pro athlete come in, the guys like me and you, the retired guys, I'm like, why, why did you go from working out every single day to now not doing anything and eating like crap? And you wonder why you feel the way you feel. I say, you, you already have the things that we all need. 
Like you've been doing it for 20 plus years. Then that's why you made it. That's why you are who you are. That's why you were healthy. So just tap back into that. Get back to training. Get back to eating right. So those five pillars, man, is really derived from, you know, what we've done to make it to the 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 peak of, of our industry and then trying to take that and scale it to the general pop. You know, it, it's, it's so crazy that you said one of these things about the, the thing that can drive us is being hurt or, or being taken away. And that's a part of the, the mental ha- uh, aspect of it. And I seen the other day with Dak getting hurt right and and be not being yeah. able to do something see right now you know if i if i want to go out and compete i'll go spar three days monday wednesday friday i'm sparring i'm doing jujitsu i'm doing i'm staying active like you said if we staying active you stay mentally sharp and it's one thing to look yep. good and it's another thing to feel good man i'm like yeah having muscles and all that is great but man like I, every day i'm ready to go i roll out of the bed man i'm gone i'm out and i feel good every day mm-hmm. But you know, talking you know, the reason why I brought up Dak is being being hurt, man, um, and having that taken away yeah, from you, know. you. God, that that was that was some of the you know when I hurt my when I got hurt in two thousand eight, um, that was the first time I like really experienced. And I've been stressed out, and we all gone through stuff, but depression, man, where I was like, yo, I couldn't do something anymore. And the first thing that everybody thinks, like, oh, you know, you making such and such money that year, you getting guaranteed money, but that's not if you if you a true warrior and a champion and competitor like that doesn't really do a whole lot for you when you can't go and compete you know so when Dak, when mm-hmm. i looked at Dak, man he got hurt and first of all i saw that that his ankle when, when they showed his ankle dude i, I turned away i can't I, I still to this day i can't i think it was me seeing willis mcgahee's injury i screamed yeah dude I, that, I that was me i said oh no and i turned my head because I think that a long time ago when I saw Willis McGahee's knee when he got hurt in college, like that did something to me. And from that point on, I could never see guys get hurt like that. And I seen Dax, yeah. Dak's ankle. And the first thing I started to think about is mental health. This dude, like what, you know, what his menti- mentality is going to be like going forward. And the first thing everybody say, oh, he- that's the hardest. part. Yeah, it's the hardest part. That's the hardest, you know, there's so many layers to it. One, one, one of the, you know, the things that we overlook is like, we're the center of the locker room. We're the, we're, we're the, one of the faces of uh, our organization. And then you go from the guy that's at the back of the line or nobody's even talking to. So you go from talking every single Tuesday and having 30 different cameras and, and people on a beat with their microphones in your face to now sitting in a training room with just a, tr- a trainer. And your guys are out on the field. Your guys are laughing in the locker room. Your guys are in the cafeteria. And so you, you feel like you're isolated. You don't feel a part of it. So that, that messes with the athlete's mind. But the hardest part about this, you know, us coming back from these injuries is the mental, right? Like that last phase, can I still do it? Or that last phase of, you know, it's like, man, am I going to get back to where I was? Because it's a lot of us, our identity is wrapped up in what we do. But then there's some of us is like super passionate and we want to be great. Like when we get on the field, being average is not good enough. So for Dak, you know, I thought about the same thing, you know, mental health, like do this process. He needs to talk to someone every single week to make sure that, you know, he's in tune with what's going on in his body and his mind. Yeah. And I, and I tell people, I said, those tears that he had when he was walk, getting off that field and he was being carted off, 
It had nothing to do with his contract. Because you look on you look on social media, and the first thing, oh, he should have signed, he should have signed. Money, 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 money. I said, when those tears came down, those wasn't tears that he didn't sign that big contract. Those was tears he couldn't play anymore, and he knew it. Yep, that's right. That's right. Hey, man, I, so I had uh, a couple of surgeries, just like all, like anybody played football. But I had three hip surgeries. And after my third one in 2014 playing for the Chicago Bears, um, at, for some reason, this one was harder to recover from. And we were approaching camp. We were a month out. And I literally couldn't run a route. Um, I couldn't get out of bed without feeling a pinch or some type of pain or weakness in my hip. And all I could think about is I'm not going to be able to play. And the only thing that I, I, I in, in that moment, what I thought I could do to ease the pain was go run. Now think about that. I can't run a route. Now I could jog. I can't move without pain. And the only thing I could think about doing was go run. And bro, I never ran this far in my life. I ran 10 miles lights. And the whole time I was crying, I was bawling. And I couldn't understand why, I, you know, and, and, and I, I remember finishing that run and calling my agent just like, man, it's over. It's over. I'm, I got to retire. I don't feel good. And, and he was looking at me like I was crazy, like, Brandon, like, you'll be OK. Just take the time that you need. But in that moment, man, you just don't know. And I think that that is overlooked with a lot of athletes recovering from a major injury. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think he'll be back, um, you know, back to himself. But like it is, it's a business. They're going to. You're going to sit up at that contract table and they're going to say, oh, you know, we got to wait and see what your ankle's going to do and have that talk or whatever. But, um, you know, he'll be fine. So another thing I want to talk to you about, man, one of the, uh, the things I talked about, and I, and I got and I got to ask you this series straight up. What what the hell yeah. what in the hell was going on about you? Was it really possible that you were going to fight, take a fight at one point? I saw you were training for boxing. So you know, what, what was the whole thing behind it? Because I'm, I'm this is my thing. I'm interested. I think this is what's going to happen over the next couple of years. And this is why I came in. Now I have the Lights Out Extreme fight. And, and then Fox, Port, Fox Sports picked this up last May. What I think is going to happen is we're going to have a lot of tr- athletes transitioning over into combat sports. Whether it's boxing, whether it's MMA. Because like we just talked about, there's a lot of athletes who careers get cut short. You know, you have four or five years, something happened. Maybe a coaching staff, the scheme they didn't fit in, the coach didn't really give them a, enough looks. It's, you know, all kind of things happen, and these dudes get out the league, and they're four, five, six years in, and they still ready to go. You know, there's going to be guys yeah. transition. So what happened, man, with you? Because I, I like, I, I'm, I was <laughs> like, I'm going to this damn fight. I said, if B Marsh fighting, I'm, I'm gonna be at that fight. You going, you you gonna come? All right, cool. So <laughs> here's the deal, bro. I look at the heavyweight division. Um, Joshua goes down the way he went down against Ruiz. And then I look at Wilder and I'm like, man, you know, if, if I'm fundamentally sound, I can probably take him down easy. Um, I see the opportunity. So for me, I'm waiting for that opportunity. Um, you may see some things coming out soon uh, where I, I may, um, I, you know, you may see some things coming out soon. That's, that's what I'm going to say. There's opportunity. Lights. Yeah. I have a chin. That's the thing. That's what you got to understand is, you know, I can, I've been boxing for years. I got the technique down. But what I, but if you if you have the technique and you can't take a punch, then you don't got a chance. That matters. So for me, I, I believe in my chin. I'm tough. I'm going to be in the best shape. I'm going to outwork anybody, I, you know, I take the ring against. So uh, I'm betting on me. So we'll see what happens. 
Um, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, I'm just sitting back here, uh, just, just throwing words out there, but I'm working right now. And I say it all the time. I say, we are built different. We are built different. You have the MMA fighters out there. You got boxers. They've been doing it a lot longer than we have. But one thing that we walk into a ring or a cage or anything like that, we're not walking in with two left feet. We, we're disciplined as hell, and we know how to push through, and we know how to learn. You know, I just started right. to do uh, jujitsu. I was, uh, you know, about right, right, maybe right before the pandemic started, and I hate being on the ground. I've been boxing, doing Muay Thai, and all this stuff for 12, 13 years, 14 years. And yep. I just started to get on the ground. Now, the first couple of sessions I go in there, you know, you're going to get your ass kicked and look bad and all that other stuff. But, that's you know, right, give me right. three, four weeks in now. Now, you know. Man, man, look, 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 man. Conor McGregor went in. He took he took, he took, took the ring with, with Floyd. And, and come on, man. Like, you know, he was able to last. And, and that was trash to me with, with, you know, that performance. And for me, with the technique that I have, and then the conditioning that I'm going to bring, um, I'll be able to last with anyone. Now, obviously, you know, got a lot of guys with a lot of punching power. They, they you know, this is what they do for a living now. You can't, you can't go in there thinking it's going to be underestimate, sweet. underestimate, yeah. Yep. Right? Like, I, I mean, like, I mean, you, you can die in the ring. Um, I went to the Anthony Joshua Klitschko fight in, in London. 120,000 people live sitting ringside. I, I felt those punches. I understand that. But they got to be ready to move. For 12 rounds, because I'm not going to stop. I can't wait, man. I'm going to be there. Uh, I know it's going to happen. I can't wait for it to come out. And I'm and I'm watching from a distance, and people don't understand the difference in somebody talking, and because they don't they don't see you working every day. It's not like you're putting out everything you're doing every day. So they think it's sweet. They think that it's not going on. I said, look, this dudes is working behind the scenes. You're not seeing it, but when it happens, don't be shocked. That's right. Are uh, we gonna get it done? Maybe we do my maybe my exhibition would be uh, in in your league. We we may have a big announcement here in the next week or two with um you know maybe a a legend that you know I may get in a ring with first just to get my feet wet you know get touched on the chin before I go out there. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's awesome, man. So look, man, I appreciate it. I know you got to get going. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about house to house to athlete before you got a chance to get out of here. Is is there some kind of franchising opportunities or something? Because I know you got the location out there, um, but I know you guys yeah. there's some kind of franchising opportunities that people can get, get involved in, or maybe other athletes or something yeah. like that that you guys are doing that you can at least talk about. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this transition, and and, and uh, one of the things that you know um, I'm looking at as a as a way to give back and help is our guys. A lot of us we get into this fitness world and this athletic performance space but we don't have the team or the structure so i won't be franchising but i have uh connected with a bunch of our you know our um ex-teammates and 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 competitors on you know how they could potentially come in and partner with me when i go to new territory so we'll be opening up 43 locations in the biggest economies in the world uh and when we go to new territories i will you know, have conversations with a few of our guys that's already in the space that may need a little extra boost, you know, so we have the structure, we have the team. So, you know, excited about what we're doing here, brick and mortar, and then the supplements, you know, um, we have our work cut out for us, but it's a $42 trillion industry lights. 
and, and it's owned by the top 1%. And no one has ever scaled athletic performance. And what I tell people all the time is we are the healthiest people on the planet, athletes. So why don't you train like us? You know, when you were getting ready for, for, for the season, you had the years that you had, you weren't, you know, running on a treadmill every day. You weren't on a bike every day, right? Like there's a, 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 a specific way that you trained and approached your off season. And all we're doing is modifying that for the gym pop. Dope, dope. Hey, when when are you back on uh, first thing first? Yeah, so we're we're on every 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 morning from seven thirty to nine thirty East Coast. Dude, I, I was cracking up the other day when you talking about uh, Le'Veon Bell and 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 that whole thing and and just <laughs> because you you, you yeah. look at it, man, and, and um, I, I don't know if it was Chris or, who, or whoever it was, he was you guys were talking about Le'Veon Bell, him not being a fit. Right, he wasn't, you know, a fit there yeah, the whole yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. It goes back to like I think he made what twenty eight million dollars or something like that in what eighteen months or however long he was there. Yeah, but man, you you know you you've been there, um, and you. Talk I want to see him back in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you think I want to so, see him back in Pittsburgh? You think that'll happen? You think they'll let you know? You think they'll smooth that over Look, so you go back to Pittsburgh? Well, I don't think it was ever a personality thing. You know, I think there was some you know some distractions with his music. But it was never like he's a bad guy or he's disrupting what we're doing in the locker room. It was about the money. They wanted to sign him. Um, Connor is running the ball really well right now. He's averaging 4.9 yards a carry. And, and, and they're back to the Pittsburgh of old. Um, so, you know, he will have to go in and share, uh, uh, you know, those, those, those opportunities. But th- that 4.9 that Connor's gaining, that can easily be 5.5, 6 yards for Le'Veon. And then all you got to also look at, you know, what he's capable of doing in the in the in the passing game as a wide receiver. Remember what he was doing when he was with yep. Pittsburgh. So he has a lot of gas left in the tank. It was a terrible fit in New York. I like him in Pittsburgh. That would be my number one choice. The number two choice for me would be um, the Bears. Nagy for the last two years has struggled to get the run game going. They are 27th in the league in in, in rushing yards. All right. They have no running back. Their running back went down. Perfect fit for him. You know, it might it might be number one, but I just like the you know the whole you know going back to Pittsburgh. Correct. Yeah, going yeah. back to Pittsburgh. That type of story. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, my dude, man, I appreciate you. Uh, I'm gonna get my ass out there. I promise uh, to get me a good workout <laughs> in. My, my my son is in Jersey too, so because you got you guys are what Jersey is in. So we'll be op- we'll be opening in um in in the city next year. In the city. Yep. Next year. Yep. Okay, cool. I'm in there, bro. Right, I appreciate man. you, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, lights. Oh, hold on. Quick question, bro, before we leave. Yeah. Bro, please tell me real quick, man, how you this whole lights out name came. Like I, I, I didn't just say that just to say it. To me, I hated seeing you doing that when I played in Denver, playing against you twice a year. It was like one, he's winning this game by himself, and two this dude has the best damn celebration I have ever seen. How did this thing come about? I know the story's out there, but I don't think I, I've heard it before. Yeah, no. So, you know, it's funny, man. We we creative as hell. And we started to brand, and, and you know everything about branding. And when I was 16 years old, man, I knocked out four kids in one game in my high school, one high school game. Three three in the first half and one in the that second half. I just knocked out four kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the truth. It, I knocked out four dudes. On, I got on VHS in here somewhere. I got to dig that thing up. Uh, but I knocked out, I knocked these dudes out uh, in the game. And then after the game, my 20 students come running up to me like, oh, yeah, you knocked these guys' lights out. 
And so, you know, I just played the part. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, call me like Tao. And that name <laughs> stuck That's with me. Crazy. I didn't think it was going to stick. And I got to school Monday in high school, and everybody was like, yeah, Lights Out, Lights Out. I said, oh, shit. You know, everybody liked this name. Yeah. And I, I had it in, I got it in college. My my freshman year, uh, we were playing national TV game. I, I, went, I came off the bench. I knocked Watkins out, Georgia Tech, coming across, the, uh, uh, coming across this field. And I got up, and I got a, a tattoo on my right forearm of a light switch, right? When I, yeah. my sophomore year in high school with the wow. hand, like, kind of, putting the finger out so i had this uh i kind of i knew what i wanted to do right i knew yeah. you know kind of what the, the brand and stuff i was building for my sophomore year in high school i got this light switch i begged my mother to, to to put this light switch to let me get a tattoo and she was like hell no i'm not doing it i said mom it's gonna be a thing one day like people gonna yeah, call yeah. me lights out i'm gonna get this lights out tattoo <laughs> that's awesome and and sure enough man I, I i knocked i hit the wire receiver coming across the field i was dropping in the flats and i got up like i was switching the light switch yeah. up and down just like that and the crowd got loud and when they got loud i got excited and i started to jump with it <laughs> and they went crazy and i got on the sideline coach Friedgen, my head the head coach at the time said if you ever do that shit again here you'll never play yeah and i said i, I put my head down like a 10 year old between my legs and I'm walking on the sideline and my the defensive coordinator and my teammates are smacking me on the head smacking me, yo what was that thing i was like yeah that's the lights out dance i just made it up there <laughs> on the spot so i kept that i kept that shit the whole time man so that's how the, the lights out thing came about but it was it, cool man. man you know it's part of branding and having you know you know, kind of a persona, a character almost, like a WWE guy that was on the field. And I just, I had this vision for it, and and, and it started back when I was 16. And, you know, you got this vision for what you're doing. Uh, so, man, good luck, man. I, I definitely want to support, come out there. And uh, I'm getting I'm getting some work in when I get to the East Coast, man. I Let's be do the house it. All right, sure. lights out. Ah! All right, my bro. <laughs> my dude, my dude, man, appreciate you. All right, bro, love. Wow. Uh, I appreciate uh, Brandon Marshall for coming on. Um, man, he has a, a, a lot of great things going on. As you can tell, man, he's articulate as hell. He's able to talk about things openly and free, freely uh, with his own personal battles with mental health. And, and, and most of us athletes who go through it who have been through something also, uh, he's made a hell of a transition with House of Athlete and his supplements and everything he's building. Um, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do there. And he just broke the news to us, man, about him possibly getting into combat sports, maybe having a fight coming up. So I can't wait for it. I'm going to be there. I'll be ringside. Uh, hopefully we can get Brandon Marshall fighting the lights out, extreme fighting. Why not? Uh, we get it. We get after it over there. So I appreciate you guys listening to another great episode of Lights Out with me, Sean Merriman. And keep listening. Keep subscribing. Uh, leave us some reviews, downloads. And uh, we'll keep getting after it. Next week, we heat up again. So stay tuned. Appreciate you guys for tuning in.